of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. But friends, once again, following our texts for today, we come to the conclusion, really, that yes, things are, in fact, hard. Now, maybe that's a, a little bit different than other churches are, are putting out. Maybe it's even a little different than we, we really wanted to hear this morning. But yes, that really is the truth of the matter. A person's common condition is that we're not looking for a city here in this world. Rather, we're looking for the eternal city. And we're not really supposed to be trying to find our contentment here in this world necessarily, but rather we're looking for something even better in the world to come. Now certainly, yes, uh, that's different because we've heard a lot in our day and age, especially that, you know, if you somehow were just doing things right, you know, if you somehow were just kind of in the groove, you know, if, if you were just like perfect enough, things would be running real smooth for you right now. And you hear that message and maybe you have some incentive to try to do better. Maybe you have some, you know, inner strength that wants to achieve that purpose. But I think all of us here in this room today, we've experienced enough of life to realize that things they can be kind of tough, can't they? And in fact, our Lord never said it was going to be easy. You know, Jesus never preached to his original 12 disciples, if you just walk this walk, you will be blessed. Things will just be perfect. Everything will come out right every time. Jesus never said to his good friend John, you know what, if you just do it right, you'll have this kind of mystic bubble around you through your lifetime. Imagine how disappointed John would have been when they got out the boiling oil and they put him in the boiling oil and were told from history that much of his skin was burned in that encounter, and he spent the rest of his life in increasing agony, as there was no miraculous healing of the Apostle John after the torture that he underwent. Imagine the Apostle John coming to the church, they had to bring him in on a litter in those last days. Well, it, it was John, and he had been the best friend of, of Jesus on this earth, and we certainly want him to come to our church, and we want him to speak, we want to hear his eloquent words, and, and he would simply, standing with the aid of two other people, speak to the people in the congregation, and he would say, little children love one another. 
He could only utter a few sentences there at the end of his life. Imagine if he had lived with that thought that if I just do things right, Jesus will put me in this plastic bubble and everything will be wondrous. It well might have cost him his faith. And so you see, it's not my job just to get up here on Sunday and try to make people feel good. It's not my, my job to just, you know, kind of blow sunshine at you and, and hope you'll be uplifted and you can just kind of pump yourself up and run around. But really, it's the job of the pastor to tell you the truth. And the truth, yet, is sometimes is harsh. But the truth also provides reassurance in our certain circumstance, doesn't it? That Jesus said, even though it won't be easy, I will be there with you. You see, dear friends, that is where our faith should come from. And that is where our confidence should come from. Not that I woke up this morning and I felt vigorous and full of health. And then I put on my $400 wristwatch and my $100 shoes. I put on my nice clothes and I walked out into the world and everyone said hi and they waved at me and some people even bowed in my presence. And I felt good and I patted myself on the back and I was in my little protective bubble. My whole life was so perfect. And then I knew God himself was with me. Because I was so blessed. But rather our faith, our hope comes from the fact that even though I'm in imperfect circumstances at times, I know that Jesus is right beside me. He's going through the things with me. And he himself can understand everything I go through because he was there. He's been there. You have a bad day on the athletic field and the other teammates maybe are blaming you for even some of the things that happened. And you can know that Jesus was there. He knows what it's like even to do his very best to be the very Son of God and have other people blaming him for their circumstance. He experienced that. He knows what it is to go back to his hometown where he should be like the reigning champion, right? Here comes Jesus. Look at all the people that he's healed. He should have been gratefully received. We're told in the scripture they took him up on top of a cliff and they wanted to throw him off head first. Yeah, Jesus, welcome back. We give you a good kick. See, who cares what you've done? You're not quite doing it our way. We're upset. We're mad. There's something kind of wrong with you. You somehow maybe think that you're better than we are, and we're just kind of tired of living with that. See, talking about God's will all the time. Talking about per perfection all the time, talking about how we need a Savior. I don't need a Savior. 
Let's get rid of Jesus. Because I don't need a Savior. We counter that attitude in our world today against our Lord Jesus Christ and then somehow maybe we expect that we ourselves would never encounter that same attitude. But no, Jesus has been there. He certainly knows what it is to have a close friend betray him, doesn't he? For three solid years, he spent time investing his life into the life of Judas. Living together day in and day out, giving Judas every opportunity to come to salvation. Giving him that special attention, that special guidance. Jesus, the perfect son of God. Can you imagine a better mentor? And Judas failed. He betrayed the very Son of God. Jesus knows what it's like to be perfect in the relationship and have the other person betray you. And then we think, hey, we are less than perfect. We make mistakes from time to time. We, we don't think we should ever be betrayed, though, should we? It's not going to happen. I'm supposed to be in the plastic bubble. But Jesus was there as well. Jesus certainly, he understands the physical pain that you're going through. You know, if you, you woke up this morning and you said, Man, I can feel fall is coming. I can barely move my fingers today. Uh, the, the joints are swollen, some of them hurt. I, I think maybe it's going to rain later this week because I can feel it in, in my knee, you know. And you woke up and, and you were suffering, you had some physical ailments, there, there, there were some things going wrong. You know, Jesus, true man, felt everything that happened to him in this life. Jesus experienced the physical suffering of being crucified. Right? The, the Bible foretold that he was going to feel as if every bone was out of joint. Now again, maybe some of you felt that way this morning. You woke up and you said, man, every bone is out of joint. This is how, I, how I'm feeling right now. Well, Jesus was there. He felt that very same way. He went through everything that you and I can experience. And he promised that he would be with us every hour. He would go with us through every trial and tribulation. He would be there right by our side. You see, the precious hope of the gospel is not that if I get it right, everything will be smooth and perfect, but the precious hope of the gospel is that I have someone who understands completely who is going to go through it with me. He's been there. He knows. And he's by your side. You see, Jesus never promised that it would be easy, but he did promise he would always be there, you see. And that's where our hope and our reassurance come from. It's not just based on, on circumstance. 
Again, it's not just I woke up and I looked around and I said, wow, everything is wonderful. And it certainly isn't that I woke up and I just lied to myself. I pretended everything was wonderful. Right? Because we, we all know some people that, hey, you know, that, that's where they're at, right? You know, the, the outside looking in, their life seems completely miserable, but every time you talk to them, oh, things are so very good. They're very good. But no, we, we don't want to just want to lie to each other either, do we? What we do want to be able to say is, Jesus is sustaining me. And Jesus is with me. And Jesus is the hope of my salvation. And Jesus has promised that at the end of this earthly life, he is going to take me to heaven. Where every tear will be wiped away from my eye. And every pain will be removed. And I'll be given a new place in the heavenly city. I have a hope for the future. My hope is not that maybe tomorrow I'll learn to get everything right and it'll all fall into place and we'll be in sync and it's all going to work perfectly. But rather, my hope is... Jesus is with me right now. And Jesus, he's going to sustain me through whatever trial and difficulty I'm going through. Jesus can then become the source of my contentment. How can I be content? Even if I'm behind prison bars because of my faith in Christ, how can I be content as those original disciples were? I can be content because Jesus will never leave me nor forsake me. He's always just a prayer away. He's here in our presence right now. He'll go with us from this sanctuary back to our homes. He'll be sitting there beside us in our cars as we drive through terrible traffic, maybe, later this week. He'll give us the patience to endure our difficulties. And how can we know that He'll keep that promise? Because He kept His ultimate promise, didn't He? He died upon the cross for our sins. If Jesus loves you that much, don't you think he loves you enough to go through the difficulties you face today? Yeah, he does. And if Jesus loved you so much to take away all of your sin, don't you think he loves you enough to help you with your day-to-day -day life. And yeah, he does. Know that Jesus' love is that great just for you. That even if no one else in the whole world came to believe in him, if it was only you,
still he would have died just for your sins. That's how much Jesus loves you. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.